every single marketer and every single brand should be attempting to earn a disproportionate share of conversation. If you work for an organization where they say, bring us a chart that goes up and to the right, you have a challenge. Half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. The trouble is, I don't know which half. I am here to inspire you, to excite you, to motivate you, to transform you, to energize you. Hello, and welcome to Demand Gen Visionaries. This episode features an interview with Eugene Levin, the Chief Strategy and Corporate Development Officer at SEMrush, a content marketing software-as-a-service platform. On this episode, Eugene shares SEO best practices you won't want to miss. You'll hear insights into ranking content higher and learning tricks to avoid over-optimization. All of that, plus hear his advice to make the most of your go-to market strategy. But before we get into it, here's a brief word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Qualified.com. If you are a B2B marketer who has always dreamed of knowing when a qualified prospect is on your site and being able to talk to them instantly, now you can. Learn more at Qualified.com. So please enjoy this interview between Eugene and your host, Ian Faison. Welcome to Demand Gen Visionaries. I'm Ian Faison, CEO of Caspian Studios. And today we are joined by a special guest. Eugene, how are you? Doing great. Thank you. Yeah, excited to have you on the show. Excited to chat about all things SEMrush and the cool stuff that you all have going on there. It's a tool we all know and love. So we're excited to, to chat about that today and obviously your marketing strategy here. So before we get into that, what was your first job in marketing? My first job was actually search engine optimization, search engine marketing. So I was, I was doing both simultaneously and I worked in several weird industries and then worked more in kind of hospitality. And when I joined my first VC firm and was an associate there, I worked with many portfolio companies. So, so as a result, I was doing a lot of marketing in, in gaming because we had portfolio companies in gaming space and also in travel. So those were main verticals for travel company, primarily search engine optimization and Google ads, Bing ads, so search-based advertising. And then for gaming companies, I was doing a lot of CPA, a lot of digital PR, community building, those kind of things. And so flash forward to today, tell us about your role at SEMrush. So in SEMrush, I'm chief strategy officer. A lot of people ask me what I do because there is no very straightforward definition of the role. And I think during my roughly six years at SEMrush, my role also evolved. So when I joined, we were roughly 100 people company. So I had to wear a lot of hats, building internal BI analytics systems to drive business decisions. Also was helping to launch new products, broker strategic partnerships, to negotiate some supply side deals. But the big part of the role was to raise money from venture capital investors because I had previous experience being partnered in a VC firm. So I, I knew that space. And then over time, as we had more and more people joining the company and we were building certain functions, I was able to take off certain hats and focus on other areas. So as of today, I focus primarily on future company direction, mostly in collaboration with our CPO. We are designing where we want to see the product, what kind of markets we want to attack. 
and also working a lot on corporate development side. So for example, if we need to make a minority investment or buy the company, so I would be the main person to do this kind of transaction. And so how much are you working hand in hand with marketing on a given day-to-day basis? We, we work with marketing quite a lot, primarily because they would be the first team for us to talk to when we have a new idea of uh, product direction, right? We are lucky to have a huge marketing team with different kinds of professionals. And we also build in marketing software. So when we have certain ideas, when we need feedback from professional marketers, they would be first people for us to talk to. So I would say in a given week, I, I spend several hours talking to different people in the marketing division. Let's get to our first segment, the trust tree. With the knowledge you've been given, you are now on the inside of what I like to call the circle of trust. What, I thought we were in the trust tree in the nest, are we not? This is where you go and feel honest and trusted, and you can share those deepest, darkest, demand-gen secrets for our listeners who don't know. What is SEMrush? What do you do? What is the product? So we are online visibility management software. We help customers to get more traffic and eyeballs online to promote their products in different channels. We are most known for our search engine marketing products. You could tell that by just analyzing the name of the company, right? The first three letters literally mean uh, search engine marketing, but over time we have expanded into many other product verticals. So today we provide solutions for competitive intelligence, for social media marketing, for digital PR, for listing management, and many other things related to online visibility. In general, based on information on review website, g2.com we are leaders in 19 different product categories so the goal for us is to provide the most complete solution for online visibility management and help people optimize their presence in all key channels and so yeah tell me about your customer base what types of companies what size companies do you all sell to the majority of our customers are small businesses or mid-sized businesses i would say roughly 95 percent of customers are going to be in this bucket And we usually define this market segment as a company with less than 500 employees. And then I would say roughly 5% of all customers are going to be enterprises, which we define as more than 500 employees. And we have pretty good traction there as well. We are used by roughly 30% of Fortune 500 companies, but those are not necessarily our main targets. We focus on SMB and midsize. And also we like to empower solopreneurs, so people who are just starting their journey in business, people who maybe they have to be CEO in the morning and then CMO in the evening, and they have to do a lot of things. So we we have a lot of those customers as well. And for the rest, for people who are even at earlier stage, we provide also freemium solutions so people can use SEMrush even for free. Yeah, and so talk to me a little bit more about that buying committee or, or decision maker who, who's going to ultimately buy SEMrush. Yeah, so in a, in a small business, usually they either have very small marketing team or don't have marketing team at all. So if they're really small business where, let's say, CEO or founder is doing marketing, then in that kind of company, this person will be the main decision maker 
right? And if company already has a marketing team, then marketer will usually make a decision. What we see frequently is, is that in many companies, marketers, they have some kind of corporate credit card that they can use to buy software that they need. And we would market and promote the product directly to them rather than to the business owner. And then when, when you're selling to that, when it's the CEO of a smaller company or, or, or somebody that may or may not have significant marketing resources there, what, what's your change in approach to market to those, those folks? I think definitely the approach is different because if you think about business owners and CEOs, they care the most about business results. So for them, the message has to be about how product helps them to grow their business and generate new customers. And then for professional marketers who are sort of employees, messages partially the same, right? They, they also care about business being successful and they care about generating new business, but they also much better react on messages that are about saving time, being more efficient, being better at their job, being more successful in their career. So for this group, we would not just talk about the benefits for the business, but also benefits for them personally as marketing professionals. And then how would you describe your, your marketing strategy and how does demand gen fit within that? So in, in many ways, we are doing ourselves what we are telling other people to do. And our thought process is that Marketing today is not really about channels. It's about getting attention from your target audience. And this target audience spends time everywhere, right? You see a lot of people maybe spending some time in the morning scrolling Facebook feeds and then during the day Googling some information and doing some research. Then maybe later in the day watching YouTube videos or reading blogs or reading news and so on. So what, what happens is that if you focus only on one channel, let's say search engine marketing, right? You can be very successful in this channel, but still people search only certain amount of hours a day, right? They don't spend the whole day searching for stuff. So by focusing only on one thing, you're missing opportunity to interact with potential customers across other channels or other places where they spend time. So ultimately what we are saying is we are telling people to focus on specific topics or problems that their target audience may have and then promote this content and this information across all possible channels where this target audience can spend time. And we are doing largely the same. So we have a very big digital marketing team that focuses on things like display advertising, search engine marketing, content marketing, and then we also, on top of this, have team that is focused on brand marketing. So they do a lot of PR, they do a lot of data campaigns where the goal is not necessarily to convert customer right away, but to increase awareness around our brand. We also have a large social media team that focuses on ad adopting, not necessarily creating, but adopting existing content for social media consumption. So for example, if we, if we have good 15 minute video for YouTube, right? The same idea is not going to work for Facebook just because people don't watch 15 minute videos on Facebook. So they need to adjust content from one 
network to another network. And they're doing a lot of work in this direction. And as a result, I think combination of more performance channels and brand channels, they provide really good synergy where by investing in brand marketing and brand advertising, we increase performance of purely performance channels. Yeah. And what does the team at SEMrush look like? What's your go-to-market team look like with marketing and sales? So marketing team is, is quite big, over 100 people. We split it between team that is focused on content, team that is focused on digital marketing, and team that is focused on brand marketing. So several pillars of marketing campaigns. And the goal for marketing team is to generate demand all the way to the bottom of the funnel. So we we measure them based on number of trial activations and new paying customers that, that come from those trial act- activations. And then after that, we have inside sales teams that work primarily with people who already converted or people who had high intent to buy. And then inside sales teams, they work primarily on expansion and on explaining how to use product and showing all different parts of the product. Because in general, our platform is so broad that initially there is no way for people to fully understand all the functionality that we provide. So, so the strategy is to build marketing campaigns around problems that people may have, get them through the door, have relatively low entry point, frictionless sign up, and then after that, engage with inside sales teams to show broader platform, to talk more about other use cases and potentially sell more product. Okay, let's go to our next segment, the playbook. This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. Playbook is where you open up that playbook and talk about the tactics that help you win. And I want to talk first tactics that help your customers win. You have over 7 million marketing professionals that have used SEMrush, which is freaking crazy. Can you just say broadly here, what is the state of SEM right now? How should marketers be thinking about SEM? Yeah, I think I think SEM essentially moved from the, the place where there have been a lot of growth where you could grow on your own without hurting others that much to the place where today your gain is to a large extent will be someone else's loss. So the space is getting very competitive. I wouldn't call it zero-sum game, but there are definitely some attributes of the zero-sum game in both paid search marketing and organic search marketing. And what it means is that it's kind of required to stand out in terms of quality of creative, in terms of quality of content in order to be successful. Especially on the organic side, I think the bar for something to rank for a competitive keyword is is very high to the point where there have been dramatic improvement in overall quality of the content across many different areas. I wouldn't say there are no low-hanging fruits left. There are definitely some some interesting things to find that are not that competitive yet but in general overall competitiveness volume of content and quality of content increased dramatically so what it means for marketers is that let's say previously you could rank with relatively poor quality 
500 words article. And today you probably will need bigger article, much more detailed, deeper analysis written by someone who is real expert in this, in this area. And also you, you'll need to work a little bit on distribution to attract links. So this content would rank better. Across the board, there is more competition. All big keywords are getting even more competitors and there are less untapped, low competition, long tail keywords left that nobody cares about, or at least nobody have created content about so far. So overall getting more competitive, but at the same time, when you think about organic search, still probably one of the biggest sources of traffic for an average website. And then obviously paid search is also one of the biggest. So it is getting more competitive, but it is still the biggest, biggest thing you can work on, especially if you're, if you're interested in quick results for paid search, right? Because ultimately people who, who come through paid search, they are usually in the right context. Now it's, it's not always easy to convert them, but at least you're getting customers who have an intent to buy. And then in terms of organic search, we are seeing this being very successful to drive long-term growth in terms of if you create really outstanding article, it probably going to rank and drive you traffic for the next couple of years. And it's not something that you can get from any other channel, so to speak. So even though it's getting more competitive, I think that part is still very much probably one of the most interesting things to, to invest marketing dollars. Yeah. So you talked about how the 500 word article written by somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about, or, or who's kind of just like very once over the world, not super interesting pieces is just doesn't cut it anymore. And if you're talking about important keywords, then then it, you have no chance. What are the best practices? What does cut it? What are, what are you seeing your customers doing that that breaks through the noise? Yeah, I think exceptionally written content still still does the job. So what we are suggesting people to do is to keep doing keyword research, identify keywords that have relatively high volume, but at the same time, not that much competition. We actually provide both metrics. We provide metric for search volume as well as the metric for keyword difficulty, like which means how competitive this keyword is, how hard this is going to be to rank for it. And then we recommend to analyze people who already rank for this keyword, find common themes, like what, what they're usually talking about, right? Because if Google promoting certain content for a particular keyword, and this content has a lot in common between all, let's say top 10 pages, probably Google feels that this particular part is very relevant for this keyword. So analyzing what already ranks and using this knowledge to write your own content is definitely going to help. But the next question is usually how do I make it better? How do I create content that is better than what ranks today? And this sometimes requires people to be real experts or at least talk to real experts in this area, sometimes it requires to go deeper. Sometimes it means you have to use more authoritative sources and work with materials that may be not as easy to analyze as a blog post. And then once you publish content, it's important to work on the distribution side. So reach out to influencers who are interested in spreading content about this topic. Explain them why should they be talking about your content rather than someone else's content. But in general, in general, the 
you need to find people who are who are interested in this and willing to promote your content and in order to get them interested you'll probably need to have content that is better than stuff that is already created for this topic and sometimes you want to rank for keywords that are not about newsworthy topics at all right so not something that other people will promote so in those cases you can create clusters right where you have one piece of content that is kind of more of a newsworthy that can attract links and attention from influencers and at the same time you can build other relevant pieces of content around it and optimize internal linking structure so your kind of satellite pieces maybe they're they're not that strong in terms of their ability to attract links themselves but as, as a part of the broader cluster they're still relevant and they can generate traffic as well so so those are winning tactics that that we are seeing right now the content cluster tactic i wouldn't call it new it have existed for a very long time but we're seeing this becoming more and more popular and working really well for many people hubspot for example have been doing this for a very long time sam rush is doing this so <laughs> and many many other people do that so so those are probably relatively simple tactics that people can use in order to rank what about stuff that's that's not working stuff that the algorithm is kicked to the curb yeah, obviously things like keyword stuffing doesn't work, right? Because for Google, it's not that much about how many times you use the keyword, right? For them, it's more about how complete is your topic coverage and topic coverage can be achieved by many things. So I think very brute force approach for on-page optimization is something that, that I don't see working too well recently. I think technical optimization is still very important but after a certain level when you fix all the main issues what we are seeing is that after a certain point there is not that much gain you can get so it's it's more of a important to have everything working well right you need to have a healthy website but it doesn't make sense to over optimize too much those those are probably things that kind of work much less yeah what do you mean by over optimize too much what, is, what does that mean? Yeah, I, th I think sometimes people would, would spend several months trying to improve page load speed, right? And the reason they're doing that is because page load is the ranking factor among with many other factors that Google is using. And recently they have released more sophisticated metrics that they're using their algorithms such as Core Web Vitals. And that also includes an interpretation of how well website loads within this set of metrics. And I think what a lot of people, they, they sort of hear that Google is now using Core Web Vitals as a ranking signal, and they, they do whatever they can to get it, those scores as high as possible. But I think there is, there is kind of a certain point where once you reach that point, it's not going to give you competitive edge after that. It's important to have it done right. It's important to be competitive, right? Versus other people in your space. You don't want to have the, the slowest website, right? But if you need to spend additional two months to get additional 0.1 second gain, maybe it doesn't matter that much anymore. So, so it's more of a knowing where, where good enough is good enough. Okay, and then I'm curious, obviously, you all have this strategy at SEMrush, so 
I'm curious, what are three channels or tactics that are your uncuttable budget items? Where are you spending your marketing dollars at SEMrush? So we invest a lot in content. We invest a lot in researches and data-driven studies that we build. And then everything else is sort of centered around those content topics or clusters that, that we cover. And, and the rest of the channels, they kind of work more on the distribution side. Especially when we think about generating new demand. I think for, for management of existing demand, right, you can just run ads, especially search ads. But if you need to create new demand, if you need to explain new people why they should care about problems that your product is solving, then you need to create content and you need to figure out how to get their attention, how to make them read your blog posts or watch your videos. And, and that's, a, that's a tricky part, making people care about something in the world where you can spend your time doing much more interesting things. Like you can play Fortnite, you can watch YouTube videos, you can watch TikTok. All this stuff is way more exciting than reading about improvements in search rankings or social media performance and so on. So the tricky part is how to create content that it would be interesting for people to read and then leverage distribution channels to spread the word. So a so big part of what we do is, is content creation, then budgets on distribution. And as I said, we, we use pretty much everything. We use a lot of YouTube advertising. We use a lot of uh, social media advertising, display advertising. So whatever it takes to get people to, to consume the content and learn more about marketing in general and how SEMrush can help them specifically, we're doing all that. And then something that we started doing more recently is investing more money in brand marketing. Historically, our approach was that people buy solutions for their problems. So that's where we need to focus. We need to build best possible solution, then create content that explains why this is an important problem, why people should hear and how they can leverage our product to fix the problem and then use whatever distribution we can to get their attention. But at some point, we started seeing that if people have better brand awareness, they are more likely to interact with our ads and our content. So what it means by investing more in brand, you can make other channels more efficient. So for example, let's say you have Facebook ad and the cost of conversion is just, for example, $10. So the the channel itself is going to have certain limits in terms of how money you can spend with the same efficiency right there are diminishing returns at some point you can spend two times more money and you will get only 20 percent more conversions so instead of sometimes instead of doing that and instead of just trying to scale the channel to the limit what helps is to invest this amount of money not in this particular channel but invest this amount of money in brand marketing and then with increased awareness, maybe cost of conversion in social actually goes down from $10 to $8. And as a result, you can now scale the Facebook budget as well. So, so that's more of a newer thing that we are working. And I, I think one of the other ways to think about this is if you have a tide, right? And different vessels that, that are on the beach. When tide moves up, it elevates all the vessels, right? So you can think about it the same. Uh, the, the brand marketing is like this rising tide 
that, that moves and makes everything else better, but hard to measure on its own. So, so that's where we are focusing now, unlocking this, this brand marketing side. And then are you all buying keywords? Are you all using Google AdWords? Oh, we do. Yeah, we, we spend a lot of money on Google AdWords. Yeah, actually, you can, you can log in into SEMrush and type in SEMrush.com and you will see an estimate for how much money we spend on Google. It's going to be a pretty accurate estimate. That's awesome. How do you view your website? How do you view the SEMrush website? So for us, the website is the main destination. Pretty much everything happens there. We separate static content versus the product. So those things are handled by different parts of organization. So in a way you can think about it, content that people see before they get into the product and then content that is effectively the product. And then we, we have some other parts like blog and academy and those parts also handled by different teams. But in general, for us, uh, the website is, is the main thing and pretty much the only thing. We, we, ha we have like mobile app, but that's mostly for reporting and monitoring. It's not necessarily the main way people interact with the product. We have browser plugins, but they're also kind of secondary to the website. So for us, website is pretty much everything in terms of structure, we, we divide static content, which would be you know, landing pages, main page, you know, some other things like knowledge base and so on. Then we have blog, which is more of a demand generation focused thing where we publish most of our content. We have academy. Academy is mostly retention focused and training focused. We, we, thought, we thought at some point about academy as more of a marketing channel for people who are just learning. But I think there is this component, but over time we started seeing Academy more as a way where, where people can learn regardless of their intent to buy something at that point or later. So th this is the website, but happy to go deeper if you, if you have like any specific questions, want to talk about any particular part of the website. A little bit deeper w would be pretty cool. I mean, um, obviously you all content experts and figuring out SEO. I I'm curious, how do you invest money and resources for your website? Yeah. So when, when, it, when it comes to the resources, we, we definitely spend time making sure that design is up to date and all the pages look modern. So that would be the landing pages part, main page and so on. And then blog is, is as I said, mostly demand generation activity. So, so there we have content production team with editors who work with both in-house writers and pool of freelancers that we work with on a regular basis. We create a lot of content per period of time. And then the way we think about this investment is that you put money up front into content creation, and then you can think about this content as a cohort. How much traffic and, and new customers this cohort of content is going to create over time. So for example, when you publish, let's say 10 articles in a given month, at the beginning, they have a little bit of internal traffic, right? Because the, this content is getting featured on main blog page, or sometimes we have like email digest. So you get some initial traction for this content, but then it sort of uh, dries out. And then at some point content starts to pick up rankings. 
right? It starts ranking organically for certain keywords in Google and gets traffic. And then you get to some kind of established baseline that usually lasts for some time, let's say six months, maybe more. And then after that, sometimes what you'll see is that it starts kind of slowly to deteriorate. And at some point it gets into the situation where you need to rewrite or make some edits. You need to do a maintenance on your content over time. Usually after one year, some, some topics are not that fresh anymore. So you need to revisit that. And then after the maintenance, it usually stays around the same, the same level and so on. And then because you're looking at the content as a, as a cohort, you can effectively measure the time that it takes to recover initial investment in this content. So that's our approach in a nutshell. I love it. That That's really awesome. Okay, let's get to our next segment, the dust up. Uh-oh, here comes trouble. You may have heard that there was a dust up involving yours truly. And now we've got a wild scrum with fights breaking out all over the place. And it is getting really ugly as we've got punches and kicks. This is where we talk about healthy tension, whether that's with your board, your sales team, your competitor, or anyone else. Have you had a memorable dust up in your career, Eugene? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean... I, 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 yeah, the most memorable ones, I, in search engine optimization community, for example, there are certain groups and they're usually closed groups. And uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes some competitors may talk trash about other people and sometimes those other people are going to be us. So yeah, I remember getting involved in, in uh, kind of verbal, verbal fights uh, with, with, with uh, many competitors. It's more or less friendly usually, but right now we have a team of online reputation management specialists who handle those cases. But back in the day when we didn't have this function, you know, I'm just kind of person where someone says something bad about my company. I take this personally. (laughs) I kind of deeply associate my personal me with, with the company. So so if something is offensive for the company and people I, I work with on a daily basis, that's, that's going to be offensive for me as well. And yeah, I kind of had to stop doing that, especially after we went public. So now it's, it's sort of not very appropriate for me to get into verbal fights with other people publicly, you know, or, you know, in public forums. So I'm not doing this now, but yeah, historically I felt like I was like, the first, the first line of defense when someone was unfair to us in, uh, you know, <laughs> in like Facebook groups. I love it. That's awesome. All right, let's get to our final segment, quick hits. These are quick questions and quick answers. And this is quick, just like conversational marketing with qualified, qualified prospects are on your website right now. And you can talk to them quickly with qualified, go to qualified.com to learn more conversational marketing. It's here. It's the future. You should be investing in qualified. Go to qualified.com to learn more. Quick hits. Eugene, are you ready? Uh, hopefully. <laughs> what is a hidden talent or skill that's not on your resume? I play guitar pretty well. Do you have a favorite book, podcast, or TV show you've been checking out recently? I listen to Joe Rogan, but that wouldn't be hidden in any way, right? Everyone does that. <laughs> What's your favorite non-marketing hobby that sort of maybe kind of indirectly makes you a better marketer? I play video games. Favorite game? This year or like a yeah, whole time? Yeah, this year. 
This year, Guardians of the Galaxy have been pretty good one. What would... Well, I guess now what's your all-time favorite? Fallout 2. What would your advice for a CMO who's trying to figure out their SEM strategy? Or SEO strategy, both. Yeah, use, use SEMrush. <laughs> Other than that. I would say have realistic expectations. Love it. No, that's the, that's the advice. <laughs> I love it. Eugene, this has been awesome. Thanks again. Our listeners can go to semrush.com to check out the company, the product, if they don't have it already. Any final thoughts? Anything else to plug? No, that have been great. Um, I, I think we discussed pretty much everything. Awesome. Well, thanks again for joining and uh, really appreciate coming on and take care. Thank you. ManGen Visionaries is brought to you by our friends at Qualified.com, a conversational marketing company that's on a mission to transform the way B2B companies sell. Go to Qualified.com to learn more.